How about now? Oh, yes. Yes. Loud and clear. Yes. Okay. Uh, so, yeah. Um, I guess the prompt of this was socialism is evil. So mm-hmm. you waited till the, the debate to define evil. So I must absolutely ask you, what is evil? Well, I'd say socialism. Give me a definition that doesn't ad hoc include socialism. I am sure. But uh, I would say that the definition we should be using is is a political system evil? And does socialism fit that political system? A political and economic system? So, so yes, what, what, what constitutes evil? Uh, well, I, I would say the easiest way to constitute evil would be um, if it had atrocities, or if it had done atrocities in the past. And there are certain elements of that that I can go into more detail, but basically I categorize it into three, well, that's, this isn't the definition in particular, but I categorize it into three areas. One is collectivism, polylogism, and structural systemic issues that uh, result in atrocities and, and therefore make the system evil. Um. Okay, I think you came into this debate under the impression that I was a tanky. I am not. No, no. Okay, I, I came. So I came I, into I'd this debate that you were a Marxist. Yeah, so I, I definitely contend from a, a sort of not entirely libertarian socialist perspective, but one of an ideal being, minimal. Uh, I guess, coercive intervention in our lives. The thing is, obviously, I do not consider um, the Eastern Bloc socialist in pretty much any sense of the word, except, okay, maybe a government, you know, owned a lot of property. Well, uh, let me, let me, uh, let me stop you right there. I would say that the examples of countries that tried to implement socialism communism, Marxist-Leninism, is a reflection or does reflect back to Marxism proper. No, it does not. Okay. Would, would you so like me to give show me... You? Sure. Okay, well, this is what that debate is about. So before I start, let's agree on a, on a standard or let's see if we can find an agreement from the outset. Would you agree that fascism or Nazism is an evil political system. Yes, because their axioms are fundamentally built upon what is disprovable, what is erroneous, and what has been used to manifest, um, I I guess, incorrect, incoherent ideologies that just generate evil. Okay, that's how let, I let's it. let's uh, let's dig a bit more into that. <clears throat> so we can, we can safely say that Nazism resulted in atrocities, right? We we both agree there. E- easy, easy, absolutely, easy yes, yeah. Um, yeah. Apart from the generated wrong axioms, if if you would find characteristics in that political system that you would consider evil and potentially led to those atrocities, what would you say that? 
those characteristics would be. Just just top of your Are head. you asking what the characteristics are or what, what I would do with the characteristics when I found them? Well, I'm I'm under the impression you analyzed why Nazism happened or why it did what it did or how a lot of people do like try to figure out how how could have these atrocities have happened. So I'm just asking you if you have off the top of your head some characteristics of Nazism that you think led to atrocities and therefore make this political system evil. Okay, so um, the emphasis of racial hierarchy, pseudoscientific mm-hmm. claims to justify this, um, the idea of a coordinated monolithic Jewish cabal just, you know, uh, trying to undermine white people, or uh, I guess Aryans in their concept. Um, the idea that there needs to be like some sort of freaking ubermensch um, the idea that war is the greatest flex and the greatest demonstra- demonstration of racial power, uh, it's an absolutely absurd, incoherent ideology on its face. Okay. So, uh, I picked up, I wrote down a few things from what you said. So, uh, racial hierarchy or, or, the, or the, the Jewish people are, are ruining the the, the white people. So, by the way, I, I have some leeway in this particular area, so I'm allowed to say a few, a few extra things that maybe other people would, would have an issue. I, I, I have a, a, a pink slip to say a bit more. So um, let's, let's, say, let's generalize a tad and say with the Nazis there was an in-group, which was the, the Nazis, and there was an out-group, which was the, the Jewish people. And the yeah. the outgroup was hurting or negatively affecting the the in group, and the in group must protect itself or a- attack or I don't know purify itself of the outgroup. Is that fair to say the generalization? Yes, and okay. if you're you're trying to analogize this to the Eastern Bloc, um. Obviously, I believe in some sort of substantive reform, but I don't believe in you know. Genocide. I don't believe in liquidating the kulaks. Uh, sure. I just believe. Okay. The, the uh, seizure of. Sorry, I just wanted to move on to another thing. You said with regards to pseudo scientific, right. uh, could you expand on on that particular element? Oh, uh, these pseudo scientific conceptions are something that J.F. Garyuppi, people like Sean Last, all type. Um, maybe I think Stefan Molyneux took a stab at it at one point in his career. And the common talking points of this are, are that blacks are genetically inferior and just generally racial minorities as a whole are inferior to the white race. Um, and the idea that there's current intrinsic, inborn genetic predispositions to a lack of intelligence and poor socioeconomic performance in general. So, would you would like, you say uh, that would you say that this uh, pseudo scientific outlook is a misunderstanding of of the science or intentionally misunderstanding the science to get to a point you want to reach? Deliberately misunderstanding the science. Okay, so like I mean, because they were built upon deceit. You know, I'm sorry. What? They're built upon deceit. Um, deceit, oh, deceit okay. obviously meaning oh, lying. You know? Okay, got it. Um, yeah. 
would you say that the um, ideology of Nazism kind of made people more biased towards the particular group and ignored and and also biased against other groups in, in, in a negative way? And if there was scientific oh, evidence... Oh, absolutely, because and there, there's constant evidence of this intrinsic racial hierarchy, you know? Okay. Um, yeah, so I think, I think we have a good uh, point to start on. We seem to agree on, on a lot of things. So I will start by laying out my, uh, my points. Basically, there's, there's three main points that I have to go into and five per, per one of the three, where I explain why uh, socialism follows, uh, is, a, is an evil politi political and economic system. I'm glad we, we iron things out so to, to agree what is evil and what is not. Um, but basically, the first group is, is collectivism. Uh, the first area to discuss is collectivism. Would you say that uh, socialism has an in-group and an, an out-group? And an out-group? Yes. Um, uh, I've tried to elucidate the definition of collectivism Okay. Um, like on numerous occasions, and uh, I, I let me, failed let me help to you. actually like come let to a coherent conception of it. So yeah, so just for the utility of both of us, define collectivism and in sure. groups and out groups. Well, in groups and out groups that I don't need to because it's like our group. Our I'm inside the I'm inside the in group. They're inside the out group. We hate them. We don't like them. They're hurting us. We need to protect ourselves from them and and aggress against them. They're not. They're not us. They're different than us. In group and out group. Uh, with regards to collectivism, collectivism is a a kind of uh, group, or let's see if I can say it correctly, but a kind of group where the idea is that the people in the group are subordinate to the group, meaning the life of the collective is more important than the individuals inside the collective. So, if there is a requirement of, let's say, sacrifice, someone must die. For the for the benefit of the collective, that is within the realm of collectivism. Whereas the individualism on the other side of the scale is that the individuals inside the group are the most important, and the the group's function is to protect individuals inside of the group, not the other way around. Ah, uh, okay, right. So would you would you say there's an in group I don't and out group? agree with this idea of collectivism on its own. Sure, it's it's fine. Let's just do with the in group and out group. Would yeah, yeah. You, in Nazism, there is an in group and an out group. Obviously, socialism the in group being the Aryan race, I guess. Sure. And wait, okay. So are, now, are you asking me what is the in group and the out group when it comes to Marxist socialism? Correct. Um, Um, okay, well, that depends on who you are. It's very clear, what actually. It's a the very material. Clear, it's a very clear question. Circumstances surround you are. So, I, I think Marxist conception of the two, like, dichotomous classes, mm -hmm. is definitely a bit reductive. Um, so, obviously, it's a binary. If you work for a wage and don't invest capital... No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Just, just let's, stick, let's stick to the thing. Can you explain to me class struggle? Yeah. Who is the class struggle between? 
a proletariat and bourgeois. Okay, is that an in-group and an out-group? Guess. So yes, I. How is socialism evil? So I'm. I'm, I have to. I have to lay out the whole thing. So I'm just. We started now with an in-group and out-group, and I assume you agree with me that it does have one. Just in the fact that it has class struggle, that is an in-group and out-group in and of itself. Mm. Correct. Yes. Okay. And um, just to remind you. I can go until... Um, yeah, we're doing fine. We're, we're, we're speeding along here. No, no, 7.50. 7.50. We're speeding uh, along just here. Just so you know. But uh, continue. Okay. Um, let's see. So, um, would, you, would you agree that a collective or any, any group, let's, uh, any group of people uh, or large group of people that needs... To needs a leader or, or, or representatives, let's say, to be led. I'm, I'm talking in a political context here. Um, what was that you said? They needed what? They need a, a group of people in a political context. Any group of people needs a leader to lead them or a representatives to facilitate certain leadership or manage or management issues. So any collective needs a leader, essentially, in, in a political context. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, I think Engels expounded upon this in an essay called On Authority. He okay. said, uh, basically, um, aside from another point, which, uh, like, needing a transitory state between, you know, the seizure of the means of production and communism, he also said that, okay, sometimes we do have to defer i.e. appoint, take a more technocratic stance towards matters and appoint someone who knows more than we do on a certain subject. Okay. So, obviously, like, I, I'm not, not gonna try and you know, solve, I guess, what, what's a complicated type of math? Mm. No, it's, it's Differential I mean, equations, it's, it's differential equations like on my own. Uh, I'm just gonna defer to somebody because that's, outside of my frame of reference. Sure, it's relatively straightforward. And, and, and in general, um, you know, a, a group would, would tend to uh, have, a, especially if it, they're trying to coordinate things between themselves, and, and one person or, or, or several representatives would do that because they're good at it, and, and, and other people would take like a more following. But that's, it's not, you know, super out of the ordinary. Um, in in uh, Marxism... Marx pres- not, doesn't prescribe, prescribe, but describes that there will be a situation of the dictatorship of the proletariat, right? Yes. So in the Communist Manifesto, in the Communist Manifesto, yes, capital was was more of a critique of labor and okay. economy. So he he, you know, with the the way that uh, people's relationship to the forces of production. We'll have like a situation in, in, in the future where something evolves and, and he, he describes that there will be a dictatorship of the proletariat. Now, if there's a dictatorship and we just agree that every leader, every group needs a leader, what is the leader of a dictatorship called? The dictator. Correct. Oh, wait. So are, are, are you saying that because... Marx called it the dictatorship of the proletariat. That mm-hmm. means it's necessarily going to be an autocracy. Uh, I think it's. An, 
the autocracy part is not what he's suggesting. I'm, I'm saying that because groups necessarily, human, human nature, necessarily need leaders to coordinate things. And if you have like a group of people that forcefully and violently take away property from the property owning class, because they're not going to just give it, give it away for free. They're going to, some will fight for it. Uh, then you need like a sort of dictatorship of the proletariat. And if you have a dictatorship, and you need a leader to lead that dictatorship, that leader is that your dictator. contention here? That, okay, that is my contention. Because we're seizing property from individuals, ergo, mm -hmm. it's evil. That I didn't. I didn't say that. Thing? I didn't say okay. that seizing. I, I. I personally think that uh, you can. You can make that case, but I'm strictly talking about atrocities now. I'm not going to go into taxes are evil stuff. That's like way, way below the level of what I'm discussing here. Okay. Because because you do need like you do need like a, a sort of violent revolution to seize property from people. They're not just going to give it away, or they they may already have left with it ages ago, or they may set it set it on fire before the, they're taking like the kulaks in the Ukraine did. Um, so you know people are attached to property that they've worked for, on for a long time, and they're not just going to give it away. Therefore, <clears throat> you need to take it violently. Therefore, you need a dictatorship, and a leader needs to be a dictator. Okay, so is this why you believe socialism is evil? Part of it, yeah. I'm just trying to show that the quickest way to achieve socialism is through uh, authoritarian regimes, and it will be impossible to do it any other way. Okay. It's not the core so, issue, though. There are three, two other elements. Okay, so what are those two other elements? Well, I'll have to go into them, but continue. Okay, so, okay, do you believe that seizure of property in and of itself is evil? Um, I don't think, I, I don't think that it's relevant to our discussion at all, but I think, so, so I, where I, think I think you will from? need, I think you will need to use violence. So let's, let's, let's put it this way, right? Let's say we go back to caveman animal times and just even an animal an animal has this this is the animal's area and then like and it's protecting it and it's trying to attract females let's say of the same uh, animal species and then a male comes into its territory and it will protect its territory from this male so it's not like far away from what cavemen people would done depending if they're working in a group or something but if it's their territory they will protect it and to avoid the situation in, in civilization, back to civilization, where we need to constantly protect our territory, we have these things called property rights, which are sort of mini, mini peace agreements between everyone, saying, you know, let's not all fight. It's all in our benefit to agree to property rights, and we'll, we'll adjudicate some sort of uh, monopoly on violence to make sure that we don't have to fight, and then we get to keep our property without the risk of death several times a day. Uh, if if you remove that property right, you 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 start a process of violence, and in in Marxism, it's intentional to take away bourgeoisie uh, property. You, to you, the you, you believe governments, or I should say states, actually pertaining to a libertarian conversation. You say states mm -hmm. are monopolies in and of themselves, right? At, at least that's your conception of it, right? Well, that's their function to be a monopoly on violence. 
uh, a monopoly in terms of a corporation? No, they they monopolize the violence. No one else should have more violence, should be able to have more violence than the state. The state should have the most violence. So the first point out of three, and this is what I'm getting, so you can um, modify my explanation if needed. You mm -hmm. believe socialism is evil because it is immoral to have monopoly on violence that is used to seize no. private property. No. I believe socialism is evil because it caused atrocities, and I'm backtracking to what elements in Marxism proper resulted in those atrocities. That's the, that's the flow. Um, okay. And the reason why atrocities happened under uh, Marxism or socialism is collectivism, polylogism, and systemic issues with Marxism itself. Okay. So, would you like me to explain why the Eastern Bloc, pretty much any socialist dictatorship in the world, that has occurred, is not socialist? No. I won't accept Or at that. least, why it didn't adhere to the core tenets of Marxism? Because... I can elucidate. Well, a lot okay, but well, the the thing is, uh, hacker, I I'm really not interested in having like a two hour debate on definitions. I've I've had at least a dozen of those in my lifetime. Where the whole two hours are wasted on just on definitions. I appreciate that that some people see the USSR as socialist, some don't. Some see, some see them as state capitalism, some don't. Everyone has their own different definition. Now, if even if you were to say that it moved away from core Marxist tenets, I still, I'm still saying that Marxist-Leninist countries retain the core, the core elements that cause them to, be, to have atrocities come from Marxism proper. That's my assertion in this debate. Now you can say they Marxist-Leninism moved away from Marxism proper, and some people do, that's fine, but I don't think it's relevant to the debate. So, what did Marxism proper, just Leninist states, have in common besides seizing a lot of private property? That's okay, a government for... seizing a lot of private property. Because, uh, obviously, like, mm -hmm. I, I can't deny the fact that private sectors in those states were virtually non-existent, and pretty much everybody had to hedge what they made um, to the state, at least to one extent or another. So, are you saying that because Marxism proper prescribes what it prescribes, therefore, it will lead to the creation of these totalitarian states? So, in, in, the, in the first section, I would say that Marxism proper would lead to an authoritarian state, or, or, or at least, let's, let me say it uh, as clearly as I can, the easiest way to implement socialism would be through an author authoritarian state. Let's take the reverse of this. Let's say I, I don't want authoritarian, I want democratic. So if you, if you have a democratic state and you hope that the people would vote for socialism, it would be very difficult to implement, if not impossible. I, I, I'm, I would say impossible. So in a state where you have two elements, where you have 
uh, a diffusion of power in the government, meaning uh, the government has a certain amount of power, the judicial system has a separate certain amount of power, another group has a separate, and, no one, and, and everyone has their own little entity, you have an inefficient uh, government and you can't have a situation, it would be very difficult to have a situation where you will get to the ideal of Marxism where you uh, strip the bourgeoisie of their property. It would be almost impossible. In addition to this diffusion of power, if you have a situation where you have a, plur a pluralist uh, government, meaning you allow for other uh, capitalist um, parties to exist in the political system, then the second like things go wrong, as you're trying to implement socialism, let's say you know, you're implementing socialism, you're going well, and, and you're kind of threatening the bourgeois, the 1%, let's say, that you're going to take their property, and for argument's sake, let's say they, they listen to what you're saying, and they take their property, and they flee the country with their property in advance, like half a year, eight months before the, before the election. Then the economy tanks very quickly because they, they're basically 25-30% of the uh, tax revenue. And at that point, people would like start noticing that their jobs are they're being fired from the jobs because the jobs are closing down, the government services don't have enough money to help them. They will vote for the other political party and undo everything socialist, so socialism would want. Even if socialism was implemented and like, it, was, it wasn't like the hardcore socialists said, no, we're going to do it like drip, drip by drip, and they all voted in. At any point in time, when it starts to get a little bit serious, they can always vote for the capitalist party, and the capitalist party will just undo it with the stroke of a pen. So, in my opinion, both for the reason of the diffusion of power and for the reason of the, of the political pluralism, you cannot implement socialism in a democracy. And... I maintain that the fastest way, and even the way Marx describes with the dictatorship of the proletariat, is with an authoritarian state. So to me, socialism and authoritarian are synonymous. No, uh, okay, no, 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 okay. So you absolutely can implement socialism in a democracy. As okay. a matter of fact, pretty much every socialist believes that socialism is the end game of liberalism and that these are of the means of production can be done within a liberal democratic framework. And not only this, but we can also have a socialist state that efficiently runs as well as possible and as democratically as possible. Um, I don't, I don't I think, think so. My preferred, okay, so I, I, think I, I think my preferred model I think, I think is a worker cooperative model. Um, let, let's take my okay. two definitions. Yeah, let's take um, diffusion of power and political pluralism. So. I, I don't think you can give me an example ever of a, of a socialist country, a democratic socialist country that, that rose that way without with having both of those elements in there. You either have to have a, a concentration of power, and, and bear in mind, socialism or Marxism by definition is concentration of power, because you have political power and economic power held by one group. So at the very least, just by definition, that is what it is supposed to do. So you won't have diffusion of power, and typically I don't see political pluralism anywhere. I see either social, socialist uh, party A, like officially saying they're socialist, or socialist party B. I haven't seen socialism in, uh, sorry, cap political pluralism in the USSR, in Mao's China, in, in Cambodia, in Venezuela. I haven't seen that. But for those two elements to, to exist, 
and to have a peaceful transition to socialism, in my opinion, you can't have that, and you will always default to a sort of authoritarian-like socialism. Okay. So, uh, by authoritarian, mm-hmm. mean anything that's centralized? Concentration of the power, The hands yeah. of the state? Concentration of power, yeah. Okay, so obviously, corporations and businesses, especially if they're big, like if they're Fortune 500 companies, mm-hmm. are concentrations of power, and they are centralized. What kind of power? In one fashion or another. What kind of power? Economic power, subsistence power, um, power right, so, in a significant portion of your life, which is labor. Okay, um, so we're going a little bit of the centralization of power. We're going a little bit of track here, but economic power is in the sense that they have to persuade you to buy from them? That is a sort of power? No, they have subsistence. They have a monopoly on subsistence. Monopoly on what? You can't work for a different monopoly in a different sector? You can't refuse to work and get by. Well, but okay. specifically do, this do company, you, think- you can work for a different company, right? You think labor is just as simple as working for a different company? The company itself. Like, obviously, you're, you're saying the company for a job. Po- you're saying the company. Yes, you need a job. Let's let's argue. I agree to fast forward this debate that you need a job. Yeah, but you have options to where to go work. You can't say that one company is the only place that can give you a job. And a monopoly, in, in a sense, the customers that interact with the monopoly have to be persuaded to hand over their money to this monopoly, meaning the monopoly or the company has okay, to please the customers. Okay, what if it's a situation in which there's no inelastic demand for it, like insulin or drugs or cars or housing? There are Obviously, many, types, there are many know, different types of drugs. These are things that cost a lot? Many different types of drugs, many different types of housing in, in different parts of the country as well. Yeah, yeah, okay. So why do things with no inelastic demand cost so much? Because uh, something called disease cost socialism. Sorry, cost disease socialism. I have no idea what that is. Okay. It's basically, so you it's believe basically that, that the gov- Well, you asked me a question. It's basically that the government uh, intervenes in that sector, let's say housing. The government intervenes in that sector and uh, restricts the supply in that sector and also diffuses. Uh, the, tries to diffuse the cost, meaning uh, it restricts the because supply of houses. Because there's no inelastic demand. No, well, because all, these things cost so much. And not only... We're getting way off topic. We're getting, we're getting completely in a different... Doesn't, okay, so let's, let's, put it, let's say this way. Yeah, the centralization in, in, aspect let, is let's, what let's I wanted let's to talk agree, about earlier. Let's agree so. that inelastic demand, depending on what you mean by that, let's say uh, causes prices to go higher, sure. Let's say there are fewer places to, to receive it, sure, but there isn't. There are more than one. Like you can more, definitely more than one. And uh, economic power isn't the same as political power. And the government, in this case, in concentration of power, has both the use of false political power and uh, controls the economy. And it's not the case that false part, part, part of the government has this power. Another another completely separate entity has a. The idea is that one group controls everything because you need to start to kind of manage the economy more or less, if not outright. You can't have that if it's like diffused because that's already complicated enough to, to plan the economy 
in one place and not like across different departments that control different other things and and you have to agree to they have to agree to what you want you have to agree to what they want it's already very complicated so it has to be constant centralized and concentrated and therefore authoritarian okay okay so, can we move on because centralized or, yep no yeah because okay the idea that something is centralized is your main conception of why socialism is evil so obviously corporations I, I'm, I'm are centralized entities i'm just saying power is concentrated into the hands of group like okay mm -hmm. Well, let, let's say I live in a company town, right? And obviously, these are... I'm not for company towns. Across. Not for company towns. Okay, but, but they still happen. So, if I just so happen to be born when and to live in this recently? company town, I'm completely beholden to this corporation for subsistence. Yeah, so I, I I, the, the problem I have with company towns is, in my opinion, I don't think it's a... I think it's a sort of altruistic kind of... Um, thing that someone like concocted in their minds and said i'm going to help these people i'm going to have like a company town and i know what's good for everyone so i'm going to make them uh work in a certain way and pray on saturday you're against way. centralization in company towns centralization is evil correct concentration of power is evil sorry concentration not concentration of power is authoritarian and once you have that that power you can do evil things. That's literally any group of people. Does this not apply to corporations and businesses and the like? Well, let's 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 take current political system. Would you say current political systems are concentrated? Let's say democracy. Um. Yes. Obviously, state power is a concentration of power, and okay, but state has power. Several like in in a regular democracy, right? Let's say you have. I'm not exactly going to list the American one because America is exactly sure. But let's say you have a judicial system separate. You have a a Congress separate, a Senate separate. We we have you have a Supreme Court that's separate. We have a House of Commons and House of Lords. And I don't think we have a court necessarily, but potentially maybe I don't know. But you have all these like separation of powers, and therefore it's not it's the opposite of a concentration of power. Um. Yeah, obviously there are different branches of the state, mm -hmm. and it, like the federal government, it is decentralized to some extent. Like obviously, there's law governing who can do what and when and how they can do it. But like, right, the the bureaucracy. Obviously, it, concentrations of power are mm -hmm. everywhere in our lives. They're virtually ubiquitous to 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 some degree. But I'm just giving an example where. In the let's say Eastern Bloc, seems the, like the power, we're in hell. Power, if the power if is evil is the concentration of power, sorry, it seems like we're in hell if power is concentrated and concentration of power is evil, right? I I think that concentration of power in the government, where you have both the both a small group of people controls both the political, both have political and economic power by default leads to authoritarianism now it's important to state why i'm 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 hanging on to this point of authoritarianism because once you are an authoritarian socialist country you can just imagine what you can do so 
having that much power can make you do evil things. You could, you could say, but you could say the same for a monarch, right? Like a monarch could have absolute power, but it does, but they can be a good monarch or a bad monarch. Maybe a majority, but they do have the power yeah. to be a bad monarch. Ah, like I, if I own the majority of the shares on Amazon, I had the bad power to be, you know, a really bad CEO, right? Um, you're not a CEO, but you're I, a I think your definition of centralized power ad hoc mm -hmm. includes any and all governments because okay are i don't i don't agree corporations there. not centralized power all corporations are centralized power for that corporation i mean it depends to some in the realm of the corporation specifically corporation will have like a, a head a headquarters where they give directions to other parts of the company sure yeah, let, let's say they're, major, they're the majority employer in the area. As okay. a matter of fact, I think my area in particular has mm -hmm. this employer. They're mm -hmm. phosphate miners. They're called Mosaic. And through Fortune 500, they generate virtually all the revenue that comes into here. And, and I think to myself, like, okay, we've got a hell of a ton of small businesses, like, sw swarming around here. But why does this mega corporation just make all the money for us? And I think it's very wow, efficient, we are very productive. Really beholden to them. Yes. So how, how are you beholden? Do to they them? not? If if they go bankrupt, okay. Yeah, it will hurt them probably. Yeah. So okay. we're beholden to them as an institution. They could fucking liquidate all their shares right now and declare mm -hmm. bankruptcy. Obviously, it'd be a really bad business move. Okay, but can they, can they go they to you? They are profitable. But let, let, me, let me get us back on track a little. Can they go to you? We're You're not working for them. them is in what middle, I'm saying. Let, let, can, like, an uh, executive in this company walk down the street, see you there? You're not working for them. You're working for, let's say, some of the small businesses in your town and say, drop your pants right now. Um, no. Could 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 the could the someone could any delegate or any representative in the Russian in the Eastern Bloc or the Chinese Bloc or in Cambodia walk up to you and say, "Take off your, pull down your pants right now," and you will probably have to do it at, at threat of death. Um, I'm not. I don't know exactly why I'm harping on this specific example, but I'm just trying to make a point. I, I don't know. I guess they committed some rapes. Sure, I, I guess, but they could just just this. Like then you can walk away. Would you? You would probably have to do it. Otherwise, you don't know how much trouble you get in with, you know, the the government because they have absolute uh, power. It's not. It's not like a, a metaphysical or make believe something. They they had a lot of power. They could tell you exactly what to do, when to do, how to do it, and if you don't do it. To how they said, or even if you do it exactly to how they said, they just don't like you. You'll be in trouble. Yeah, because fundamentally, every power struggle comes down to who has more guns and who can aim those guns the best, right? Sure, I su I suppose, but, but, but like, obviously, uh, but like you know, I'm just we I'm just can't trying to make have a corruption. Sorry, obviously, we can't have. Corruption. I'm not. Because, I'm not okay, talking about corruption right now. I, I. I'm going to put corruption to one side. I'm just going to talk about uh, after we're done with this area. I'm just going to talk about uh, ideologies. Corruption to okay. one side. 
uh okay let's let's let's, uh, let's move on because i think i think i'm not sure if we'll necessarily agree but i i hope i made the the point so we talked we talked uh, you you mentioned the uh, pseudoscientific with regards to the nazis and how they were biased in the way they view the world uh or like let's say i had they ideology. were just wrong yeah let's let's for arguments sake, let's say if you could agree with me on this point they had ideological lenses on they saw the w- stuff coming into into the world into re- from reality through the lenses was half taken out and only half went in and when they saw other groups again the different half came in and the other half didn't come in to their brain Uh, wait, oh, okay. I'll give a different example. Maybe that wasn't a good example. So, let's say that um, let's let's take a, this example. Let's take a, a a German guard at Auschwitz, and you ask him, "What's uh, what's behind you?" Like, I I don't know. I'm I'm just here supposed to guard. Are you sure that's not like something really bad going on behind you in that camp? Like, look, I'm just I'm just following orders. I'm, I just want to focus. On, on guarding, I don't really know what's going on there, and I'm not interested to find out. Are you familiar with this uh, kind of scenario? Um, yeah. Are you familiar with uh, that... Hannah Arendt? Who? Uh, Hannah Arendt, the philosopher. Uh, oh, Ayn Rand. No, yeah, Hannah, um... Hannah Arendt. No. So Hannah Arendt wrote a book called The Banality of Evil, uh, where she, um, when when Eichmann was captured and moved to Israel to have a trial, she went to Israel to observe the trial. <clears throat> now Hannah Arendt was a very big philosopher at the time. She was girlfriend with Heidegger. She's a very serious uh, philosopher in her own right, specializing in, in evil and and uh, totalitarianism. And she noticed that Eichmann was just you would think he's like this super evil guy that like, you know, had like horns coming out of his head and like saying like laughing evilly every time. But it was, she noticed that he was very mundane, very normal, very banal. He was just like a, a regular person trying to uh, follow orders and be liked. And he, he was intentionally avoiding or like evading is, is a more correct uh, terminology the evil things that he, he's just not looking at them he's he's avoiding them or uh, the fact that um the nazis had their own collective and in their collective they had their own morality and their own logic and other groups other racial groups they had different morality and different logic and that is fine from a nazi point of view like there isn't it's not the case that um all humans are the same there's races and races are allowed to have different logics and different morality and to him Killing Jews was not bad, or like ordering Jews to go to, to their death is, was not bad. He was just following orders, and he was protecting his, uh, or I don't know, I don't know if he was protecting Aldra, but he was serving the greater good of his, of his race. So to him, he was doing a good thing, and not a bad thing. And he was, uh, he was evading, looking at the, the thing that he was doing, and that it was bad. Incl- similar to the Auschwitz guard. He's, not, he's evading what's staring him in the face just to get by through his day. Sound plausible to you so far? Yeah. Like, okay. In not total centralizations of power, we can obviously have a group that 
I'm talking about ideology right now. Okay. Just, just ideology. Sure. Uh, sure. Do, do you understand what Hannah Arendt was trying to communicate? Does it make sense, in your opinion? Yeah, yeah you, you don't necessarily have to be... Well, no, I'm just trying to communicate the point. Yes, I understand. Cool. Um, so I think that this is also like an element of socialism, where you have a way to evade, to evade reality, ev evade the bad things that you are doing, because you're convinced that you're doing something good for your your class, for the, the proletariat, the, the greater good, and that these people are definitely evil and they don't deserve your compassion, similar to the in-group and out-group, but I'm, I'm applying it here on an ideological level. So how could they have committed all these atrocities? Because they didn't think they were doing something evil. They thought they were doing something good and they ev evaded looking at the, the whole picture uh, to to see that what they were actually doing or, or in another way like it's kind of like the meme where like these two british comedians like dressed as nazis and say are we the baddies like because he's trying to, he's looking at what they're doing for a second and he's observing maybe they are the baddies but but people who are committing real atrocities they can't even even psychologically allow themselves to look at the whole picture because they'll just go insane because they know they've done a lot of bad things so that their brain kind of as a, as a protection mechanism after they've done all the, the horrible things just kind of evades it and doesn't look at it because it's just too painful to look at it so far in your opinion you yeah agree speaking or of ideologies yep um you know so long as we well let's take neoliberalism for example like do you think that obviously well, can, can it be connected the, to the Pinochet genocide of his political enemies mm -hmm. was an atrocity but and different from what the Nazis did, but do you think that the same cope was in play there? Like, oh, this absolutely cannot be evil because I'm doing this for the greater good. Neoliberal capitalism is for the greater good. Like, do you not think that? I don't. I don't know if I. I don't know if I would say that neoliberal capitalism is for the greater good by definition because liberalism is individualist. So I don't think they would have that concept of the greater good. Pinochet was. Very individualist. Like he, he said he wanted Chile to be well, a okay, nation can we, of proprietors uh, and not proletariat. I'm I'm confused. I'm confused. So Pinochet, the dictator, is also an ind pro individualist. Yes. He, he, he wanted, wanted individual Chile rights to and flourish. He wanted individual yeah. rights and for people to not be and for the state to have limited power. I, I'm not I'm not following. He, he obviously he wanted leftists killed. He wanted his, his political enemies killed. Sure. But if a Chilean wanted to be an entrepreneur, he would heavily incentivize that. He would yeah. heavily propagandize in favor of proprietorship mm -hmm. and laissez-faire capitalism. Um, yeah, so he had economic freedom, but not political freedom. Yeah, is that fair to say? Not social freedom, yes, and not political freedom, yes. Yeah, so like. Could someone say bad things about Pinochet in the country and not have anything bad done to them? I don't think so. Okay, so let's say you, know, you, you didn't. You if didn't if have... I ever establish my ideal socialist state, well, mm -hmm. I, I'm a debater. I'm always open to criticism. Mm -hmm. huh? Right, but uh, sorry, in, in the context of uh, pol pol of political rights, uh, freedom of speech was out the door. 
I'm assuming freedom of the press is out the door, but you can open a company, you have economic freedom, just not political freedom. Yeah, not the freedom to say what you want or, you know, be elected. Okay, so yeah. it's not, it's like, a, it's not an individualist per se uh, at, at all, but... Um, Do you think the same cope was at play there? Like, oh, we're doing this, you know... What does this for, to do with the example of evading reality? I, I don't know, I'm not clear. Uh, didn't you say the Nazis were evading reality? Because as a libertarian, you know, even though there was privatization and, you know... Right, uh, let me... Do, do you I, I obviously think... Maybe, think maybe, I didn't communicate, that, maybe I didn't communicate what I said well. So, just in the context of, of an ideology, the, the, the context is that my in-group is, let's say, let's take Nazis, is superior, right? And because we're different than everyone else, we have our own set of logic, polylogism, yeah? And we have our own morality. Stuff we do to ourselves is moral, and other people's code of morality does not apply to us because we just don't care. We don't think it, it should apply. And in addition to that, because we have an outgroup that's trying to attack us, it is more for me to kill that outgroup, and I can continue walking and enjoying my day after killing one of them. That's perfectly coherent. Uh, and because of this ideology, because of this lens saying, I have a different morality, I see the world differently, I have a lens on, and when I do bad things, it's still okay because I have a lens on. So do you understand the, the concept of how an ideological lens makes you, do, makes you commit atrocities? Absolutely. Or did I go too fast? Should I go back? No, no you explained it succinctly. Okay, cool. Um, so, like, what is your general conception of why socialism is evil? I guess we're still on the second point now. Uh, maybe I haven't been keeping count so well. But, so I, I think um, socialism is evil because it it basically has a uh, it has this kind of populist uh, approach where it hijacks people's brain and causes them to commit evil things like atrocities <sighs> okay so, let me let me give you an example of what is evil yeah so just like a more concrete example Imagine you're standing mm. in, in, a, in a cage, in, in a large cage. You're stuck, the, the cage is closed, you can't go out. And you notice there's someone mm. else in the room with you, but, and they're kind of like, like growling like a, like a dog and they're drooling. Now you're trying to communicate with them as best you can. You say all the, the most rational things possible. You try to persuade them, but you can see they're actively coming towards you and, and probably going to cause you harm. And all... The rational things you say, all the things you're trying to stop, to say to stop them from attacking you, simply do not work. Their brain is, is hijacked. It's gone. And they just want to attack you and kill you. And like, like an animal, uh, for whatever reason, you don't know why, but you can't, you can't even communicate with them. It's just like animalistic attacking you. That's what I think evil is. That's what I think kind of, not in that exa exact example, but in a, in a, in a more like... Uh, the concept of the example where you, you tell people, look, capitalists are evil, Jews are evil, you need to attack them and kill them for, for these lists of these 10 reasons, and people just go ahead and do that. The, 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 
They're in the populist kind of frenzy. Do you think I'm in favor that. of killing capitalists? Well, I am. You can at least uh, be aware that it can happen if people are so against capitalism and cap. Sorry, are so against capitalists and capitalists cause all this pain to people and all this suffering and and they do all these bad things and some people will interpret it in that way and violence. It's it's described and it, it could it could That's be uh, it's described and it could be proscribed. Well, okay. I'd also explicitly prescribe against it. Well, it that's irrelevant. I mean, even if you're like, uh, we hate capitalists, but we shouldn't do these things. Some people may not uh, take your, uh, not agree with you. They yeah, they do uh, want to hurt capitalists who have who are doing all this. They're fucking lunatics. Okay. Well, uh, but okay. Oh, I, I but don't you, need you, them you get, in my you, movement. You get the point. They'll put like a guillotine in front of their house and say. No, you're think next. Bad actors can manifest in libertarian. I don't think. I don't think it's a. It's a handful of extremists. I think it's in the core of the, the ideology. If it was just a, if it was just a handful of extremists and they just read it wrong or something, and and they don't reflect, like I'll, I'll, I could like entertain that idea, but certainly not millions of dead on a mass scale. That's that's a bit more than uh, than a handful of extremists. Fine. Okay. Do an anonymous poll among socialists and ask them, would you want to kill all capitalists? Yes, no, or maybe. And then they can check mark the box they want. Like, do you think most of them would check yes? Do yes, think, I do want to kill most do capitalists. You think, do you think and, some capitalists would die during the time where the government takes their property away from them? Yeah, because I, I think some of them might jingoistically, you know, want their private property back, you, you know? I don't know, may, maybe pulling guns here or there? Maybe. I don't know. But by the way, the, <sighs> the taking of property, I don't think that was like the biggest, the biggest uh, cause of death during socialism, but it's just an example of this, what you would need to do to achieve socialism. A lot of violence. Once you already have like a, a state or like a political group that is okay with using that violence in that way and it has this concentrated power, you know, bad things happen. It, well, okay. Like, do you not think bad things can happen in instances of concentrated power like corporations? I mean, oh my for God, instance. Dude. Yeah, sure. Some, some bad things happen okay. in, I'm not saying, I'm not saying everything is perfect, but like, it's, it's not the same, it, it's night and day. Economic power and political power is not the same at all. Like it's it's just fundamentally different here. You can't tell me that. Okay. That like a are consume, you an anti-capitalist or just moderate Sorry? libertarian? You an anarcho-capitalist or just I'm a not modern libertarian? Not an anarcho-capitalist. No. Okay. So so you do believe some state intervention is to an extent necessary. Sure, yeah, a state should have a monopoly on violence, and they should use that to remove violence from society. Okay, so, yeah, I, I generally agree with that, even as a leftist, I think. If somebody is trying to murder you, the state should step in and stop that. I mean, pretty okay. much anybody would agree with this, unless they're, you know, like a complete frickin' end cap, who would rather have a private arbitrary <laughs> private s sorry uh, i'm trying to not 
come off as Arab Surnam anymore. I'm just trying to I does, it's not, be I'm, the I'm best not pseudo-intellectual I can. Okay. Uh, like, these private arbitration firms to mitigate in matters. Um, but I guess your conception of why socialism is evil is because through it, atrocities are able to be committed. Mm-hmm. Well, I've explained why I think they have been committed through through it. Yeah, well, like you, you just told me earlier, even corporations with their centralized power can commit atrocities. No, e- I didn't say that. E- even with their economic power, like, I didn't say. That. I said they can. I said they could. I I said they're not perfect by any stretch, but. I said economic power and political power is night and it's not the same category even. It's very, very different. You can't, you can't cause atrocities through like, I can't even imagine a situation where you can cause atrocities through, through this economic power, through holding a lot of economic power. Okay. Um, so, Okay, where the fuck do we go from here? So, I I was initially thinking, like, so you believe that because this group of people has concentration on power and a monopoly Mm -hmm. on violence, because atrocities are able to be committed, therefore it's evil. So, so they have, so they have a, the authoritarian because they have a concentration of power. Uh, both political and economic, and just one group holds that power. So that's that's what authoritarian means. And they're evil because they have like a... I, I, it's not, it's just a few, okay, so let me just add a few more points. So they have authoritarian, they're authoritarian, they have all this power. Uh, and they have like a, an in-group and out-group kind of struggle, fight, us versus them. So if they have this power, they will use this power to fight them. And in addition, they, they have this like sort of ideology, they put like this sort of ideological lens on people so they can control them to do these things. So they, they just, they agree to do these evil acts themselves because they are bought into the ideology. So those three points. Okay. So, this wouldn't happen. The ideology specifically prohibits killing. <sighs> okay. Does it? I don't think. I don't think Engels or I don't think Marx had any issue with that. Um. Okay. I obviously, if they had section in one of their works in which they elucidated how to brutally no, torture and maim. It's a brutally torture and maim every single capitalists to maximize their suffering. I would disagree with that because Marx and Engels and all these leftist thinkers aren't God. That's why, like, nobody's going to agree with precisely every last thing you say. That's just part of being an individual. My ideology is different. And but that, we're not individuals, okay. we're a collective. No. I, we I'm don't, saying we don't, we don't think for ourselves. I, I have we, my own distinct brand of socialism, right? I'm not, not have your I'm own not distinct about brand your, of libertarianism. I'm not talking about look, look. I'm talking about historical socialism. What has happened, right? If you have your own brand of socialism, where you you know you pick and choose, you curate 
the parts you like, the parts that's good for you. I'm just saying that Marxism proper led to these things through its idea through its ideas. Well, the system no, of ideas they did that not led to these to things. And and if you, through these system of ideas and when these ideas touched reality and happened in reality, they led to X. That's all I'm saying. Okay, but again, I, I've brought up how deregulation of markets and quasi-fair markets, mm-hmm. you know, I guess I do consider neoliberalism a form of libertarianism. So obviously economic purely mm-hmm. libertarianism can lead to atrocities like those no. under Pinochet, uh, Videla, uh, Banzer, uh, Lee Kuan Yew, the Saudi royal right, so family, you're equivocating, to one Putin. You're equivocating here. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I, like, I don't agree with your equivocation. Okay, so I think. You, are, though, you, are you saying that liberalism and or neoliberalism and libertarianism equals Pinochet? Is that your point? Well, Pinochet was a neoliberal and was the first one to put neoliberal policies into practice. I don't agree. This then. idea of then I don't agree coming out of an alleged Keynesian failure to address stagnation, which I always thought was a lie, was okay. Low interest rates generally, except in dire circumstances, deregulation, deregulation tax cuts, um, union busting, and just a general entrepreneurial attitude, you know, this belief in meritocracy. Do not think that's neoliberalism? I don't think that what Pinochet had was neoliberalism. I think that Pinochet was a dictator. He, he took over uh, control from Allende, I think, who was before him. Yeah. I and uh, through, through a coup, through violence, and he didn't like socialists at all. Uh, he, allegedly, he threw them from helicopters, I hear. Uh, I yep. think what happened was with regards to the economy is that he just did not know what to do with it. He had no clue. And he just basically handed it to some other people, which happened to be uh, the Chicago boys, which were students of the Chicago school, Milton Friedman and all that. And I think, in my, in my opinion, from what history shows, over time, um, these sort of economic freedoms led to Pinochet have a referendum asking the people if he should step down. They said, voted yes, and he agreed to step down, even though he was a dictator, he, he could have not stepped down. He stepped down, and um, they had full democracy and economic freedom, which I think is a very positive thing. Okay. So, yeah. He was this neoliberal, and he, he did not I don't think he was a neoliberal. I don't think he was. Yeah, fine. This sort of like authoritarian capitalisty guy, let's just call him that. People didn't have political <laughs> okay. freedom and they didn't have, he didn't give people any meaningful sway in things. Now, do I think most neoliberals are going to go on conquests to just you know, purge every leftist from the country? No. If that were the case, like, I wouldn't exist. You know, leftism wouldn't exist, you know, because. Pretty much the only people we elect nowadays are, you know, centrist neoliberals, and they're just for the status quo. Okay, let's. let's they uh, have an ideology. Mm-hmm. That obviously, I don't agree with, but they still provide us political freedom. You know, 
they're not autocracies. We don't live in an, under an autocracy. We obviously have some semblance of freedom. And if I decided to seize capitalist generating property, surplus value generating property, then I'd still provide people freedom. Like, basically, I think you can have socialism without, you know, absolutely ruling with an iron fist. Sorry, so will you give people property rights? Um, no. Maybe the only form of private property would be cooperative property, but even then, that's socialist. So, market, so you're a market no. socialist? Uh, yeah. I feel like planned economies, in terms of allocating resources to, based on need, uh, I think markets will generally do it better. Obviously, I think planned economies did have their upsides, Again, okay. So the me, block was kind of fucked. Let me just let me just clarify. So obviously, like a lot of socialists take the position that central planning didn't work because of because of socialist uh, implementations. But let's take market socialism just vanilla as is. It also, if you are for market socialism, it also means you are for money. You are for private property. Let's say for let's say that you are limited your share of a company. You can't have your own company. Although maybe if it's small, you can. Uh, so you have private property, you have rich people, you have monopolies, you have classes of people, you have, I mean, you, you still have rich people, it's just, you just have more rich people and less rich than capitalists, but you still have rich and you have poor. Yeah, and a strong have, social have, safety. No? You have, okay, taxes, great, so I suppose taxes is a form of exploitation as well to some degree, I'm not sure. Uh, let's, let's avoid that though. Um, you have pollution, so you need regulation now, the government to step in, because you know, people are, have a profit motive now, and a variety of different things that are already existing in uh, in uh, capitalism that you are not in favor of. So we're we're moving yeah. away from the uh, authoritarian, centrally planned socialist economies and accepting some degree of uh, breaking the tenets of socialism to, you know, go under the radar and to get people to agree to something. But you know we're we're putting we're kind of putting property rights back in a little bit. We're putting the elements of capitalism that we don't like in back in definitely, and we're not solving a lot of things. But we're trying to like middle of the road it a bit, yeah. Yeah, and that system's end game would obviously be communism. But you you can't. Oh, you do want to get to you, you, so this is this is the middle ground, yeah. It's not fully all the way. Yeah, let me explain. So obviously, overnight, we can't just go from the framework we have now, which I think is just neoliberalism, to full-on communism overnight. Mm -hmm. And this be an international effort. Like, it, it can't all be at the same time. So, specifically, what I'd like is, I guess, just going off of this socialist framework, you know, the axioms of, okay, utilitarianism, equal distribution, it's all benefit, we love you all, uh, all this stuff. Let's see data, let's use the scientific method, because this was the idea of scientific socialism. Th this idea of scientific socialism says, okay, let's see what the data says, let's mm -hmm. take the most rigorous modes of analysis, 
to see what methods of equal distribution work. And then from there, we can get to communism and we can all sing Kumbaya. Um, yeah, yeah. Best thing. I, I guess. Okay, let, let, uh, let society. Me, let me ask, okay. let me just ask a quick, a quick question. So let's take an if scenario here. Let's say we, so to some degree, like if we implement uh, market socialism, we still need like the proletariat of the dictate, um, dictatorship of the proletariat. We still need to take property from people. Or let's say, I don't know, there may be a need for that because I don't know how else you're going to do it. Uh, and then let's say once it's implemented, we have rampant unemployment. We have very, very 20% unemployment and people are very unhappy and they would like to go back to capitalism and or implement add some forms of capitalism to alleviate the situation of unemployment would you agree to go in the opposite direction of socialism or would you still want like you know full steam ahead communism because people are unhappy at this point in time obviously i'd still want communism but if the data suggested okay we will all benefit if we lived under a slightly more capitalist framework than yes i definitely go in that direction okay so that, that's kind of my um, point like if if you allow but for here, here's the problem yeah all, all this data on okay where should we social socioeconomically go from here like obviously there's a multitude of factors and w what i want to say is that mm -hmm. all this data we need hasn't been done yet and, and even then there's bickering over data yes, it has. so if 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 it approved, okay, we should go in a libertarian direction. Then, sure. I'm I'm not I'm not saying libertarian or ANCAP. I'm just saying, if you you're on the road to implement your communism socialism and people are unhappy, it's not going the way you want, and people say we want to reverse track, and and it has been implemented. You did have Yugoslavia, you did have, uh high degree of uh, market socialism and you did have 20% unemployment because and I can explain why and how, how it works with cops, like what mechanistically why it, why it occurred but you had a high degree of uh, oh, well, unemployment. No, okay We're worker co-ops, no it wasn't exactly a worker cooperative model What was it? It was something adjacent to it but w w worker co-ops typically withstand like high bouts of unemployment no, right, but they have an issue because the, everyone reduces their money together. But they have an issue with investment. Why? Because basically how it was, at, how it was at the, in the day was this. You didn't have a salary, you had points. And whenever like, they divvy up the money, they would, depending on how much points you have, how much money you would get. So when they received profit, they would divvy it up based on how much points everyone had, every individual had. Now the problem is, are you familiar with something called the tragedy of the commons? No. Okay, so basically people looked at their employment as a sort of cash cow. Like, I just want to get as much money as I can because otherwise it would go to someone else. So I'm not sure what, but there was very, very low investment in like keeping the money inside the company and investing in new machinery or growing. Like, that was not a priority for the people who divided the money at the end of the month. And it was so bad that... Uh, I don't know if you know, but capital, like machinery, depreciates over time and it goes bust. And you need to replace it with new machinery. 
and the investment in the into the co-op so into the company was so low that it was below the threshold of deep depreciating machinery but in any which case no one was thinking of let's grow the company let's hire more people because they weren't investing in the company and in that kind of scenario in addition you can obviously have monopolies you can obviously have uh, very few people competing in the same space in general Okay. And do you have data and you don't have, saying and it was very we, we should go to libertarianism? Companies. Sorry. Do you have data saying we should adopt a libertarian economic system? Do I do I have a period in time where I can compare my economic system? Yes. Oh, data. I guess I should have said sure. the word studies because data what? is just purely what, what the figures are. Okay. Yeah, I have, have something. Study, uh, I have something to compare with that happened in reality, yes, or like very close to. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not sure how that's relevant to the topic, example. though. Because my original claim was okay. Well, we need to work out empirically what we need to do. And what is why to do be you? Done. Why do you think uh, Marxism cares about empirical data? Well, as, as I said, the idea of scientific socialism, like, okay. okay. So this, I, I wanna... a, a major, a major distinction mm -hmm. ma made by Marx, and, and that differentiated him from a lot of the earlier socialists that came before him. I'm familiar. You told me socialism, yeah. Uh, yeah, he didn't approach He wanted it. to be very pedantic on the science, I got it. He didn't yeah, want the like, utopian, he wanted think it. we should do that. He wanted it ironed out as much as possible. Is that correct? I do not think we should do that because I think we should. But I, if I, we had a I, machine yeah. that could spit out studies like that were really comprehensive mm -hmm. and would say, "Okay, well, here's where humanity should go," then I, I would go there. Right. I don't think that I don't think that Marxism cared at its core. It didn't care about scientific evidence at all. I think that Marxism is to quote what you said is, is a sort of pseudoscience, pseudoscience in a way, and I'll give one example, I'll give, give a few examples. Mm, I I'll did give not one say example. it was a pseudoscience. I'll give one example uh, called the, the Chosen People Prophecy. Are you familiar with that? No. So the Chosen People Prophecy is Mark saying that there are waves in history, and he's predicting the future and prophesizing that there will be a group of chosen people in this case the proletariat, that will come, come to power, break off their shackles, you know, win over, fight the evil people, and, and be victorious, and, and we'll have peace. I have to and, go in like and three minutes. Um, I just okay. wanted to remind you. Sure. So, I, so the philosopher of science Karl Popper called, uh, called this historicism in his book The Poverty of Historicism. This is pseudoscience. You can't predict the future in this way. On top of that, just, just like the, the relation of the forces, sorry, in general, Marxism is, is Hegel, but, you know, in... Predict the future. Yeah, predict the future, prophecy. Marxism we, in we and of itself is, is Hegel, but, you know, in materialism. But in Hegel, you had supernatural things like the, the world spirit. And in, in Marxism, you have forces of production, which is very similar to... Hegel's world spirit, but in, in the material sense, and your relation to the forces of production. And in addition, you want class consciousness, you want to achieve class consciousness, 
which is similar to the supernatural world spirit, where everyone achieves consciousness once, sorry, where the world spirit achieves consciousness, and then everyone, all of humanity does as well. So there are many elements taken from Hegel, which are supernatural, that obviously he, he converted, but still remains supernatural, and not scientific, just simple as that. All right. Well, do you disagree with my? I, I assume you would, but I'm just saying a few points there. But anyway, so I, I, uh, to, I'll summarize. Or do you want to summarize? Do you want to? Sorry, closing. No, statement? no. Go ahead, summarize, and I'll summarize. Why? I guess I disagree. Uh, okay, I so know. I, I, so again, I, I would say that socialism is evil because it is done atrocities. The reason why it is done atrocities is because it a, from what I've tried to explain, is that. The easiest way to achieve socialism is authoritarianism. Once you have authoritarianism and you have this us versus them class struggle, in group, out group, you implement that power of the state to, to enact violence. And it's, it's described and prescribed, or described at least from, from uh, Marx. In addition, the way of applying populist ideologies on people and causing them to uh, do evil things that I've tried to elaborate on. And uh, that's why I think socialism is evil. Okay, well, I, I think every argument you can make for socialism being evil could be applied to a market. Like, okay, oh, you, you could take the example of DuPont and a rival chemical company. Okay, oh, we, we need to outsell them and make more profit than them so we can ultimately buy them up. Okay, well... Let's just start cutting costs by poisoning pretty much entire the entirety of Louisiana's water supply. Um, like obviously, corporations in and of themselves are pieces of centralized power, especially in a scenario where a state retains pretty much no significant control over them. And it, there's nothing like greater or metaphysical about a state or a corporation. It's just the malice within people and what their ideology prescribes to them and how far they're willing to go. So, so no, I, I just think it's the evil in people. Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, I, I would have liked to reply in, in a normal fashion, but as it's uh, the closing statement, I will, I will prevent myself from doing so. Uh, perhaps uh, for another day. Thank you very much for your time, and I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have as well, and uh, uh, I say good night. Thank you. Good night. This was a uh, decent discussion. Thank you. Bye-bye.